It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Chief for Yourself. Now, here's Gio. Hi, welcome to Chief for Yourself. I'm glad you're with us on the call today, wherever you are in the world at this moment. This is our first program for 2015. So first of all, Happy New Year. I wanted to get things started for the year with a look at one of this show's uh, pet topics, I guess you could call it, and that's gratitude. Our guest today, Mary Beth Sammons. She's an award-winning journalist and author whose work appears in Family Circle, the Chicago Tribune's lifestyle section, and on various health and wellness websites. She and Nina Lesowitz are the authors of The Grateful Life, The Secret to Happiness, and The Science of Contentment. The book gives us a look at how we can realize our heart's desire by cultivating thankfulness and weaving it into our daily lives. Mary Beth, when you started out to work on this book, you asked for guidance from the universe, and the answer was a string of personal challenges. Talk about that time and the family and work losses that you suffered. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. Um, we were, you know, working on, we had written our first book about um, living life as a thank you, about, you know, people um, being grateful for the gifts they were given. And then after that book came out, it seemed like the world dropped out for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people lost their jobs. Um, there were a lot of crises, you know, Sandy Hook, um, kind of terrible crisis in the world in general. And in my own life, um, not, I'm not laughing, but um, it's kind of ironic. Um, you know, we were preaching or talking about how people should be grateful in good times and bad, and um, I lost both my parents um, right before I was writing this and lost my mother while I was writing it. Um, I lost the, the position I was working with. It was a startup, and the um, investors backed out, so I lost my job at the same time. And, um, you know, those were two pretty big crises. And um, I'm a single mom trying to take care of three children and get them through college. So it was, it really gave me a perspective of looking at the people that we were interviewing who really were going through some hardships and having a new empathy for what they were going through. But yet, all in all, you know, 100% of them found blessings in their lives instead of looking at what was going wrong. And, um, the same thing happened with me. I, when you're stripped away from a lot of the things that, you know, you, you think are important, obviously you need a job to support yourself, but some of the things that you really don't need, you start looking deeper at what you really have, and you look at the people around you and the relationships and the good health you have. So that's kind of where I came from in the process of writing this book. In all of that time, did you ever, uh, were you ever challenged in your belief and, and the process of attracting uh, the good into your life? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, when you're waiting. I mean, did you feel like quitting, basically? You know, did you feel like saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there were, but, you know, one of the gifts that I've always felt, you know, when you're, as a writer, I've spent my whole career getting to hear people's stories, and so um, I think that in some ways, the people that we were interviewing, or I was interviewing myself, um, became 
kind of angels in my life because I think of one person in particular, she's a friend of mine, the same time her house flooded, um, she lost everything in her house, her husband had just suffered a stroke and lost his means of employment, she had two sons in college, and she was going through small, her own health crises, and yet, you know, in observing her and being there the day after the flood, she walked around the whole time just saying, I'm so grateful for all these friends that are here to help me, and and out of that, just this abundance kept coming to her. People pulled up literally in cars at her driveway and said, what do you need? And things like, a, you know, we're in Chicago, so a heater and an air conditioner. And um, and they would show up with them and then install them. So, so I got to witness some incredible stories of people having blessings come to them and being grateful during extreme adversity to stay with the uh, universal law idea for a minute in the book we learned that practicing daily gratitude can transform our reality is it accurate to say there's a uh, a law of attraction effect helping to bring desired results to us i think so i mean i think it's um you know one of the stories that's really moving for me in the book is um eileen she had been diagnosed with breast cancer and she decided that she was going to look at this at, you know, that, that this illness or this disease in her life would bring her a way to heal all things, you know, physical, emotional. And so she went through her journey starting with that, that attitude. And she would do things like bring a card to Starbucks or to a coffee shop and give it to the nurse that was going to be doing her MRI that day and say, and saying thank you in a little card ahead of time for taking such good care of me. And I think that her attitude and the way, the spirit that she went through her disease was, um, you know, she calls it dis-ease, so mm-hmm. dis-easing in her life. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's what cured her, and so she's perfectly healthy now. She lives a very um, vibrant, energized life. But I think it was because, in many ways, the way she chose to handle what was going on in her life. Society gives us a lot of reasons to be angry and frustrated, comparison to our neighbors, state of the economy, world crisis, global warming. What is it about hardship that makes it such fertile ground for gratitude? I um, I think I, I work at a, um, a high school network that's in inner cities. Um, there's three in the Chicago area in some pretty bad neighborhoods. And I look, you know, just yesterday, there was a lockdown at the school because there was five teenagers showed up in the parking lot with guns threatening the students. And I look at these students who, you know, how, how can you concentrate on calculus when you're looking out the window thinking someone's going to shoot you? Um, and they're, they have an amazing grit about them, that every resilience and dreams, you know, that they're just not going to let somebody take away from them. And they're so grateful. You know, you help them, you you know, spend a little extra time helping them write a story or taking them to meet some newspaper reporters, you know, on a field trip. They are just the most gracious, grateful people. And I think, I think that they've just learned to focus on the blessings in their life and not the things that um, they don't have. And at the same time, you know, I live in a pretty middle-class neighborhood, but... I think a lot of, I'm not trying to be, but I think a lot of kids that have 
enough comfort or, you know, or more than enough comfort, start taking it for granted. And, and they're always looking for what's next, what's more, what can I get that's better? And they don't sometimes stop to understand how grateful they should be for what they have. Yeah. I've heard stories of children showing a great gratitude. I know a young boy who, with the help of his mother, sends thank you cards to family and friends who send him birthday cards and money for certain occasions. How soon could kids or should kids get involved in the thank you habit, and what kinds of things can they do? Well, I think here, I think you know, as a parent or as the adult figures in children's lives, teachers, I think um, it can start. <laughs> As soon as they learn to talk, or they, I mean, they're watching you like a hawk, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, I, um, you know, I have a four-year-old granddaughter and a one-year-old grandson, and, you know, whenever, you know, you watch them, whenever, you know, you give them a cookie or something, and and they're learning to say thank you, you know, not the one-year-old quite as much, but the four-year-old, that's part of her habit right now, and, um, you know, and she's taught by her parents to, you know, somebody gives her a gift to go up and give them a hug and say thank you. So I think you're modeling this behavior from a start and you, and you know, or you stop at the dinner table every night, whether it's you pray or you just say these are the things we're grateful for or before they go to bed or you can read stories about, you know, with a gratitude theme in it about people who appreciate what their life is. So I think it starts very young. It's a habit that, I think people need, or, you know, a life practice that they need to learn, just like you learn how to talk. What are some of the things you're grateful for? Um, I'm extremely grateful. I have three children that are now young adults, and it's been a challenging journey to get them through college and to um, get them on their way, but they're all doing, they all work, they have great careers. My son um, became a paramedic, you know, through helping my father through his illness, so that was a blessing out of something like that. I'm very grateful that I've always loved telling stories and reading and and having people share stories with me, and so I have a career that I get to do that, and I also have a career that I'm now using that ability to write to be able to help nonprofits and schools like the school I work with to help them raise money or to share their story and to grow awareness of that. So I, I, I'm very grateful. I have good health. I lead a meaningful, abundant life. And I'm not filthy rich. I'm not rich. <laughs> and some days it's very challenging. So, but I'm, you know, I, a friend of mine, and she's in the book, she's a single mom too, and she says, you know, every day that my heater still works in Chicago, I say thank <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. And, uh, and I do too. And I look uh, at it like, you know what? That's $4,000 that I'm going to need to, you know, pay when this thing goes out. But it's still working. Oh, so, my. you know, yeah, so I'm grateful for the little things and for the big things in my life. Do you have a, a favorite gratitude practice of your own? Um, I I try, and I try. So I, I try to, when I wake up in the morning, um, I on my iPhone I get a quote that comes from, from the, actually the gratefulness.org site. They have a word of the day. And so they send a quote every day about gratitude or about, finding meaning in your life, you know, looking at life, you know, in a positive way. And so I, that's the first thing I do is I read that quote and then I try to think of things that I'm going to be grateful for in the, that day ahead. Um, and I have a journal next to my bed and I write down, you know, what I'm very grateful for as I wake and kind of keep that as my mantra or my intention that day. 
um, on great days when I don't have to leave right away and go to work somewhere, um, <laughs> and I have an extra hour, and it's still light in Chicago past four o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon, um, I then I go. I'm a big walker and runner, and so I kind of take that and turn the rest of the world off with my phone off, everything, and just focus on saying I'm grateful for my you know my blessings. So. All right, I uh, I promised myself I wouldn't say it's seventy three degrees in Southern California today, so I won't say uh, that, and I won't yeah, rub that you. in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, I, I mean, I don't know if I could say I'm great. I love Chicago, <laughs> but I don't know if I'm grateful looking out at the grade right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. grateful that it didn't, hasn't snowed as much as it did last. Uh, that's a good <laughs> thing. Yes, keep keep it yeah. in that direction. Yeah. Our guest on this chief for yourself is Mary Beth Salmons, co author with. Nina Lesowitz of The Grateful Life, The Secret to Happiness, and The Science of Contentment. One of the gratitude practices you suggest, uh, and you have them all throughout the book at the end of the chapters, is to take a yoga class. And since staying in the moment is a good way to realize what we have and be grateful for it, I, I would think meditation would also help in bringing about gratitude. Oh, yes. I think, I think one, of the, one of the maybe barriers that people have for gratitude is this busy, busy, busyness, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't have time, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, you, you're just on a treadmill, or sometimes people are, you know, and they're just trying to get by, I mean, they're, it's a tough time, you know, people mm-hmm. are having a tough time with the economy, and they're trying to work, they're trying to take care of the kids, you know, and so we rarely get the chance to stop, and I think that part of the practice of gratitude is an awareness, and so you need to be able to find those times to be aware. Um, one of the people we write about in the book, she um, creates these bracelets. They're called blessings, blessing bracelets, and they have like five, you know, pearls. They're not real pearls, but five like gems on them. And I, a friend of mine had given it to me while my mother was really sick and in the hospital. And so when you're in the middle of, you know, you might be in a corporate meeting or you might be in the middle of sitting at somebody's hospital bedside or in the busyness of life, you can, it's, it's kind of a habit, you can just like kind of touch the pearl and each one of the five things you're supposed to pick up five things that you're grateful for. So, it, you know, you might be in the middle of a boring meeting, but you can still stop for a second just by that act of, you know, touching the pearl. You know, and hopefully your boss doesn't think you're thinking of something else at that moment. You have uh, lots of credits of your own, of course, and I mentioned some of them at the uh, top of the program. You've worked with Nina Lesowitz to produce this book. What does Nina bring to your partnership that makes projects like this click? Um, I think I met Nina when I wrote my first book, which was um, Gifts with Heart, and that was just a collection of kind of random acts of kindness things that um, I had had one happen to me, and then I wrote to the publisher um, and I got my first book. So she was the publicist for the book, and she's got a great, so we didn't know each other. I mean, she was in the, she was in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I live in Chicago, and so we have a different perspective completely, but we also had things in common. She was a single mom. She's remarried, but we had, we had some light um, things that were in common, and yet we were very different. And so I think it balances it out, um, and we've come to be, we've, um, in the, we've written three books together and we've become great friends, even though we're at a distance and we see each other maybe once a year. But 
she brings a different perspective than I bring, and I think that that makes it more, you know, the, for the reader, there's different kinds of people in the book than just, you know, Mary Beth's friends that live within a five-mile radius. Mm. So, um, you know, I think that's a great gift in this book. The uh, wide range of experiences you write about includes some that are heartbreaking, actually, and, and they show us that gratitude empowers the individual with the strength to face those challenges. How do you manage to find gratitude in your worldwide view when the news of every day just seems to get worse and worse? It's really challenging. I mean, I I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I wake up, I'm a writer, so my laptop is attached to my head. <laughs> And so it's really upsetting, you know, when you open up and you turn on your email and the first thing you see is the ISIS threat, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so heartbreaking. And, um, you know, I was a newspaper reporter and I used to go to stories that were just devastating, you know, a family who lost their son under horrific conditions and I'd have to deal with families. And so it's very, um, that, that can be very overwhelming, but... One thing I learned early on in journalism and in what I do for a career is that there's always something hopeful in every story. Like, no matter what the situation is, you know, people go through extreme hardship. They may have lost, you know, a, a young child, and then they start a foundation, or they there's always something, there's some nugget of hope in everything that happens, even though sometimes it's impossible to see. And so I, I'd like to think that I've tried to find that in writing, and so I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that, that's because it's, it's tough, you know, that things are so, uh, quote-unquote, bad in the world at large. I mean, yeah. your world doesn't necessarily have to be a bad place, and, and obviously you're filtering that differently than the uh, the media in general. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're, um, we're practicing gratitude and we're realizing our heart's desires. And I wanted to ask you, how do you know when something you're getting, some, some want or wish, is actually a heart's desire or is it the call of the ego? That can be a tough call sometimes. I, for me, it's, it's a visceral thing. I, I have a, a feeling in my gut when it's something that's really good for me and, and I know when it's not. How does that work for you? Um, I, I'm pretty similar. I mean, I think I know, I, you know, I've been through enough experiences. Um, you know, I think when I was younger, there it was more ego-driven, you know, the, mm-hmm. the excitement of, you know, being a young reporter and having your story on the front page, you know, and that yeah. lasted all of about five minutes because the next day somebody else had their story on the front page, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I tell my kids when they're looking for jobs, I said, you know, when I started journalism, I could wallpaper my house with rejections, you know, so mm-hmm. there's those those things that you get that you worked really hard for are accomplishments, but, um, yeah, I think you learn to pay, I think that's one of the things with gratitude and having, when you, when you're gratitude for what the essence of, you're grateful for what the essence of your life is and the things that are really important, like the people and the relationships and not the out, outer things, you know, that if if it's an outer thing, it might not necessarily be that authentic as it is if it's something that's really a gift, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. something that happens to a family member or even if it appears to be a loss on the outside, there's 
sometimes a gift or usually a gift that comes in some in some manner. So I, I pay attention like you do to my gut. I've learned I've learned many times how I used to ignore that and yeah. then go, Why did I do that? Yeah. So I'm much more um aware of that now. Yeah, you ignore that at your peril, I know. I'm going to finish up by asking you if you have one particular point uh, that you'd like the reader to take away from the book. Um, I hope the reader, I hope, what I I think is good about the book is that um, they're short stories and you can find yourself in any one of them. So I hope that a reader will find that this is me in one of the stories, you know, the ability to think they're not out there alone. I think um, that the book brings to, to in many different situations, people are out there and they're suffering in silence or they're, you know, not able to see their gifts. And I think each one of these stories has a unique perspective. And so I hope that, that a reader will find a little bit of themselves and a little hope in one of the stories. Want to give us your website? Um, we have a we have a blog. It's called thegratefullifebook.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we have a Facebook. All right. And a Twitter account. Okay. And any other uh, any other projects coming uh, down the road, uh, maybe individually or with Nina, uh, that you want to talk about? Well, we're thinking we're we're working on kind of what our next book could be, and mm-hmm. so we don't we haven't done a proposal or anything yet, but we're we're working on it. Um, we were looking at um, doing something with people looking for their ancestors oh. because that's become so popular and connecting, you know, knowing yourself by knowing where you came from. Sure, but we haven't we haven't explored that in depth yet. Yeah, so. yeah another great a- uh, avenue for uh, gratitude. Right there. Right, yeah. exactly. The exactly. book is Living Life as, or I mean, uh, I keep saying Living Life. I have that copy of that book right in front of me. The book is The Grateful Life, The Secret to Happiness and the Science of Contentment. Our guest today, Mary Beth Sammons. And uh, Mary Beth, thanks for taking time to be here and for your work in helping us with generosity and connection and in healing, too. I appreciate that, and I hope you'll come back and talk to us again. Okay, well, thank you very much for having us, and I hope um, we really, I mean, even though it's just me, we both really appreciate the opportunity to share the, you know, kind of the good news about this book. So thank you. We'll have a link to Mary Beth's blog at SheForYourself.com. If you're not there now, go there and register for blog posts from Genuine's. Leave your email address in the box provided, and news and reminders about the program, the guests will get directly to you. You can hear this show and past episodes on the Chief for Yourself YouTube page. Go to youtube.com forward slash geohost, G-I-O-H-O-S-T, to find them. And do subscribe when you're there. And the show is also available on blogtalkradio.com. That generally is posted the day after the call to the guest is made. That's kind of the way we do things around here. And I think for the time being, that's the way it's going to stay. All right, that'll just about do it for today. I want to thank you very much for being with us. Be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.